Hello and welcome to the Supercharged Llama Talks Detailing Podcast. That's right, the Hammond and Clarkson of the detailing world are not with us. Instead, you've got an hour of me because, let's face it, it's a much better proposition. So in today's show, we're going to talk about me and my latest video and then probably some more stuff about me and then maybe we'll get on to my opinions on something in the detailing industry. Oi! What do you think this is? No, 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 no. There's no forced induction giraffe show going on here. Get out! You're not even on this week. Go on. Go on. Push off. Get out. Honestly. Go. Oh, fine. Fine. Very well. I'll let you host my podcast today. Have fun, darlings. Hello and welcome back to the Specky and Paul Talk Detailing Podcast. We are the old cheese and cheap wine of the UK detailing community. This is Season 3, Episode 8, Inception of a Brand. My name is Specky McSporran and I'm joined as usual, but this time in a slightly different place by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Dolden. Yes, I've gone to York. That's not like when you go International to Man of Mystery, <laughs> eat your heart out. <laughs> I know how to live, don't I? The rock and roll lifestyle of oh. a, a track welder. Yes, um, mm. I'm, I'm in the city of York. Now, I've been here before. I have to come here every three years. It's not because I've got some long-distance relationship with someone. I haven't, honest. Um, Samantha, I'm, love you. <laughs> I do love it. Uh, no, I have to come here to retrain because I am part of a large network and I'm a welder, so I have to do some retraining. And the headquarters is up here. It's called The Rock, believe it or not. Uh, it's not a rock. It's just a very, very big building right next to the train museum. But back in the city of York, beautiful place. Um, interesting. I've had a very, very interesting drive up here with the um, rather strange car I've been given to use as a hire car. Our car uh, hire department seems to have got a few things muddled up. So there was three of us that had hire cars for this weekend and then into the next week. Me being the largest human out of three individuals. Um, so I went to pick the car up on the Friday and they said, I didn't know what I had. So I went around the car park, you know, holding the keys to the side of my head, you know, using brain power, <laughs> <laughs> looking like a complete idiot thinking, oh, I hope it's that really large SUV there. Cause you know how much I love those. And it was a stupid, use of, stupid useless easier. vehicle. You'll never get in one. Well, <laughs> it was worse than that. Cause I hit, hit the button and then the classic hazard lights appeared on the vehicle behind it. Um, I've got a, a Kia Stonic. That's not some I, I sort of... I thought you were going to say a Picanto, and I was going to lose it completely. No. Well, it, to be honest with you, it, it's quite kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a three... If anyone doesn't know about these cars, it's a three-cylinder turbocharged hybrid. I didn't know it was a hybrid until my son lifted up the boot and then lifted the carpet up, and he went, that's a hybrid. I said, I wonder what that was. Big battery pack in it. And that doesn't really come in, and this is in eco mode, which is tree hugger, you know, lick some bark mode, which mm -hmm. obviously I have, I've used a few times, but it doesn't really, doesn't seem to do a lot. Um, and then being the Neanderthal I am, I just went straight into sport mode, turned everything off inside, <laughs> lane assist, crash assist, you name it, I turned it off. Sadly, though, every time you get back in, it's turn a key. Every damn thing comes back on again. These are... Oh, yes, proper nanny mode, yeah. It, I mean, it's a very clever bit of kit. It's very quiet, but they're twenty-seven grand new. It's a one-liter. Why? Why? Why would you want to pay twenty-seven k to go and lick some bark? 
I'm sorry, it's not for me. It's very girly. It's very panty. Uh, it's quiet and it's free. And thank you to my boss for ordering it. But here's the this the best bit. So I mentioned the three individuals. One of them being mm-hmm. female. Fair enough. Uh, she's not used to driving big cars. They gave her a small car. The guy who is the same height as a small kiddie's chair, as in high chair, I swear to God, not the ones you get in McDonald's, he's got an SUV. <laughs> he's got the biggest car and the shortest distance to go. I've traveled 224 miles to come up here, but I've got a glorious hotel. I have got the equivalent to a suite. Lap of luxury. Sadly, though, yeah. I have thank, to say this at the beginning. I have to say this. The internet's not very good. No, we, we know. No. <laughs> well, nobody else knows, but we know. That was fun already. <laughs> um, I have a question, and this one, some of our listeners may, just may, have the same questions. Man. Let's know. Let us know in the comments. No comments. There's no comments. Send us an email if you thought this was the same thing as me. Right. Paul works for a large company that deals with a network of railway stuff. Right? And they gave you, to travel a distance, a car. Could they maybe have given you a train ticket? Oh, uh, no. No. Sadly, what not. What do you mean, no? What you, are well, there no trains that run from, it, from Colchester to York? Here's the funny thing. Um, there is. I bet it's it, not funny. Well, it is. Um, no, it's a very, very valid reason. Most people be sitting at home with their earbuds in, um, listening to this going, yeah, yeah, Specky, God, get in there. Give him a good kick to the left testicle. <laughs> or the right. Uh, no, what it is, we have to carry so much kit. So we have to carry air-fed masks. We have to carry big, uh, big boots like the fireman's boots. We've also got all our personal stuff as well. So we have to carry all this stuff. So they say, well, do you know what? There's no point in going on a train. Even though the laughable thing is, the train literally stops outside the training centre. It's literally door to door. So, and you're telling me they don't have anywhere that they could put luggage on on mate, a train. Listen, I have enough trouble to carry my beer from Tesco's. I'm not drinking at the moment, or crisps. <laughs> so, without carrying all that stuff, don't start getting all adult on me. No, they don't. Just, they, you know, we, come we on. do get off. No, we we do get offered it, but. Why do you pick? need your stuff? Like, why do you need your stuff? If it's a training place, they should have everything no, there you, for you to no, train No, you've got with. to take your own PPE because your air-fed masks and your, your grinding mask is all personal issue, and it's a lot right, of money. Right, but that's a, that's a mask. I can go in a bag. It's one small extra bag You to haven't seen the size of these masks. This is a full air-fed mask, battery packs, a lot. I know what an air-fed mask looks like. Well, Don't you anyway, like some sort of idiot. You're the more important. know how to work Wi-Fi on your fucking phone. Look, listen, more importantly than that, I wouldn't want to go on a train. I've seen who fixes them. <laughs> would you trust? Would I, you trust I wouldn't someone? Want to ride these rails. I know someone that fixed those points last week. <laughs> Come on. Would you? Would you trust a, a bald man that shoots YouTube videos? Yeah. No. No. There that's a fair point. Yes. <laughs> that although that's also very discriminatory to all bald men that shoot YouTube videos. <laughs> all right, bald people from Essex that wear glasses that. Um, mm-hmm. Have a funny accent um, and drive a scooter. And live on an island and yeah. wade in water and yeah, oh, do weird yeah. things. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, oh, I think it's time for you to mention the news, isn't it, very briefly? <laughs> news? Okay, news. Uh, I have a new video, uh, which is always nice to put out. The MJJC Foam, which has already had an interesting comment where 
basically, it's it's that old chestnut of someone wasn't paying attention and just decided to comment <laughs> without actually probably watching the video at all. Um, so the MJJC foam is not a snow foam. It's a shampoo. Even I knew that. Right. It says it on the bottle. It tells you. You can send it uh, onto your car, send it through the snow foam lance. You get lovely foam. Fabulous. However, like I said, uh, it's it looks like, pardon me, it looks like a snow foam, but it's not a snow foam. It's a shampoo. It this even is says not it on the bottle. The first. Yeah, it's not the first product in the world to be a lance applied shampoo. Absolutely not. I actually no. believe one of the first, if not the first, was Autoglim Polar Wash. Remember oh, when really? the Polar Range came ah. out? Yeah, because they had Polar uh, Polar uh, Blast, which was their snow foam, and then they released Polar Wash and Polar Seal. So it was meant to be this uh, this entire system that worked through your snow foam lance, and I'm pretty sure they were the first ones to do this, which is interesting because Autoglim are usually not the first to do anything. Um, they're usually a little bit slower, and they wait until other people have done it, and then they work out a good way of doing it, and then they, they, and then, they and then bring a better version out than anyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just sometimes the way business goes. But like I say, in this situation, um, I do think maybe Autoglim were the first ones to do this. And so anyway, I'm, I made the video about this, and I also made a reel. And someone watched it and went... The purpose of a snow foam is to draw the <laughs> dirt off the car by soaking it and then using the gravity to take it off the car. And and what you you would ne- you should never actually wash your car with a snow foam because uh, that's not the purpose of it. And I was like, mate, it's not a snow foam. It's a shampoo. I actually answered him in a multiple different short sentences to make it easy for him. This is not a snow foam. This is a shampoo. I did not snow foam the car i shampooed the car i washed the car with shampoo i applied the shampoo with a snow foam lance i'm trying to dumb it down but some people just don't pay attention anyway the short story is i tried it on three different uh snow or through three different snow foam lances going from the the ones that use the most product that goes through it if you understand panel impact ratios if you don't i've got a video about that go and check out the channel um but I tried three different snow foam lances, including the MJJC Foam Cannon Pro 2, which everyone seems to be a big fan of, uh, and also the detailed online one, which is the most frugal of uh, lances. What was interesting was I was getting great foam no matter what lance I was using. So that's a nice thing. Uh, drawback with that one, I'm not going to give you too much spoilers, but just don't expect it, your driveway to be clean and clear. After you've washed the car, no, it's probably no. going to be there for at least eight for, hours minimum. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit messy, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, I don't mind it, and it was gone by the next day. We had gone out that night, and but when I came back, there was nothing on the driveway. But it does linger. Whatever they've got in there, foam stabilizers or something, I don't know. It it's very very powerful. So anyway, I put that video out the weekend. You can go and check that one out. Um, any other news? Um, not a great deal, to be perfectly honest. Although I've got some other stuff planned in the works for the podcast, which could be coming up and may make us sound like my illustrious co-host mentioned to me in a message, like Steve Wright from Radio 2 back 10 years ago or something. So the, it may happen and it may not. The glory dies. <laughs> um, can can yes. I move on to my news now? Um, yes, go on. Well, you know what's coming, don't you? Guess what I've got? Yeah, tech. I'm rubbish with it. <laughs> Hang on. No, I can't. Look. 
I can't help it if anybody's watching adult TV at the same time. It's not oh, my God. fault. Oh, God, that could be a reason. That, oh, well, it must that. be. A, well, you know, it's half six. You never know. Um, the only reason I'm thinking that you know about that reason is because you're probably the one that's watching it. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually got like a 40-inch screen behind my PC. It's linked up to both. That's why I'm struggling with Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Multiplexing six different screens in the room. So I, I phone, I, laptop, TV. Oh yes. <laughs> so I sit in the ultimate luxury in my suite. Um, yes, I can uh, regard the little story. Uh, very. I'll, I'll go through my news first before we start talking about YouTube, which is what I always do. So the weekend just gone was Mersey round the island yacht race. Uh, you may have seen mm-hmm. this on my story if you follow me on Pimstagram. Um, and uh, we invited down some some uh, family members, and uh, Samantha said to them, "Yeah, come down. We'll have a walk down there. We'll go for a little paddle." That was her words. Paddle. Mm. So we walked down, and then the high tide came, and it was a very very high one. Those of you who see Mersey Island, it floods. It's also do the moon and the sun, and it had burst its banks a little bit early, and thus flooding the road. Anyway. We were standing there laughing at everyone driving through in their X5s and Audis, uh, no, not discriminating, but they are the main culprits. And, and my wife was saying, look at these um, silly people in those uncertain terms. <laughs> I'm sure that's what she said. <laughs> yes, and I was going, oh, yes, aren't they silly? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and as I looked up, I just went, ha, ha, what the? And it was my mother-in-law. <laughs> My mother-in-law was driving through <laughs> with my father-in-law with it lapping over the front lip of her Ford Fiesta. Oh and my as she God. went she went through, I saw her lips move and say, That was Paul, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I then said to my wife, I said, Um, you know those stupid beep people. <laughs> Your mother's just driven through that. The air was blue. It was blue. <laughs> I don't believe it. So I, I then I, I told my mother-in-law, I said, look, you really shouldn't drive through that. Why is that? I said, well, catalytic converter, two grand a pop. Um, alternator. You could hydrolock the engine. Yeah. Apart from yeah. that, it, and the main reason they drove back round the wrong way is because they wanted petrol. If they'd done a three-point turn and gone up the hill and gone back on the island, they would have missed it completely. Anyway, we got to the so-called paddling area. Me being just under six foot five, I'd realized it was lapping under my shorts <laughs> and it was about mm, just over two foot in the middle. Hence and Samantha you... was swimming next to you. <laughs> just Samantha was doing the butterfly and the breaststroke up <laughs> over the white lines, over the cat's eyes in the middle of the road. If you've seen it on Instagram, it's something to behold. It's very, very funny. It's the only place in the country where you'll get kayaks and jet skis on the same road. And I use the word road. It's a fantastic yeah. sight to see. So that was that. Um, I also shot a video on Friday. I've also got a new video out now, which is the leather care company, Geist Leather Care. So I've got a la- my laptop is full of files because I've now got a new camera. After talking about it for about three years, I bought another oh, camera. God. So I can now, yes. instead of shooting 100-odd files, I went back indoors and realized I may have overdone it. So in total, I had 161 files, which I've now got to edit for the, the next video. So there's a leather care video out at the moment, which is guys, which isn't to everyone's cup of tea. I'm, don't want to specky. People just don't really watch the leather care stuff, do they? No, because I don't think people care that much these days. Like 
Leather I mean, is leather, and you know it doesn't maybe quite mark as easily as fabric upholstery. You get those little splodge stains, those little. Well, it's white funny marks, things because the comments have been great video. They they, they did enjoy it. I mean, the, the comments are all. I've got a fantastic audience. They're very very loyal. They're amazing. They always get involved with the comment section. And one of the comments was great video, but can you show me how to get upholstery clean? Now, that could be with a wet vac, or it can be with microfibers and sprays. We'll wait and see, but that's that's been requested. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to, and I also got a delivery from Johnny Shield detailing. More will – it'll all become apparent on the channel, but it's quite funny. Some cheap okay. goodies. Sorry, I, I was just writing down there, make upholstery video before Paul. Right, okay, good. Smashing. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I, I really don't have a huge amount of news um, personally. I mean, other than doing that video, there's there's been not much going on. Um, had a night out the weekend. Did realise that I'm nowhere near as capable on a night out as I used to be in my well, youth. Uh, hang on. <laughs> can I can I just elaborate to the audience? Um, you were posting pictures on your story, which I got intrigued <laughs> yes. by, because I couldn't work out if you're in some sort of weird Harry Potter experiment with dry ice or some fancy cocktail bar. Those drinks looked lethal. Uh, they were delicious, actually. Um, yeah, the, the one of them with the bubbling dry ice out of the, the top of them, would you believe that one actually has the name hashtag insta famous that's what it's really? called yeah uh, and it was in a cocktail bar uh, in aberdeen uh, we had a night out because it was uh, for natalie's friend's birthday night out and um for some reason she believes she's 21 again um right. and it turns out that none of us are anywhere up for it these days i, um, I felt the pain um in actual <laughs> fact i looked at some of those drinks i was 16 stone two before i started your story i got up in the morning i was 17 stone again there you go. Just yeah, potent. Put on white yeah, just by watching it. Yeah. Well, do you know what? We had a good night. We had some lovely food, and then we went out and had some lovely cocktails. Um, and yes, I I chose probably some of the um, girliest looking cocktails out there. Really? Perfectly. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But the thing is, with a girly looking cocktail comes lovely flavors. Um, and it was they were actually delicious. Um, and I had some some really nice drinks. So yeah, we had a good time. But honestly, we were looking at the, our watches. You know, no, nobody looks at the watch these days. I was looking at my phone, looking at the time, and I was thinking half past nine. I don't know if I'm going to make it past like, <laughs> half past ten. To be honest, like I was struggling. We started at half past three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, met up with them, had a couple of drinks, had meal, things like that. Went out bowling and stuff. And I just thought to myself, God. It, it, I was watching people only just arriving at the time that we were thinking of leaving, and I was like, "Gee, I remember those days. I'm not, I'm not capable of it anymore, but I do remember those days. Interesting stuff." Anyway, that that was that was the weekend, um, and yes, I, it took me most of Sunday to recover as well. But you know, it, that, that that's what happens when you get older. Um, you know, I may look lovely and young and youthful and fresh faced, but um, you know the. The the spirit is willing, but the body is weak and feeble, um, sadly. Um, anyway, I had an interesting conversation with someone which led us to the purpose of this episode and why we're going to be bringing in a guest. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, this is called Inception of a Brand. 
And the, the reason for this is we were uh, sent a message. In fact, we were bombarded, bombarded with a few messages from our guest um, just because he was keen to get the word out there. So we decided, you know what, this would be a good idea. So we're going to bring on our guest right now, and that is Quentin from Gloss Fuel. Good evening, Quentin. Good evening, Specky and Paul. Thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast. Good evening, Quentin. So we had an interesting phone call last week. Um, after you sending um, about 47 different <laughs> messages uh, t- telling us the, the brand's existence and things like that. Uh, to be fair, uh, I did say to Paul, of all the messages that we've received and all the, the companies that we've had correspondence from, yours was one that really stood out to me. It was very comprehensive. It was very straightforward and to the point. It wasn't too um, too much information. It wasn't too little information. And we just thought, you know what? This this is really interesting. We have talked to well-established... Established? We have talked to well-established brands over the years on the podcast. We've talked to um, distributors. We've talked to professionals and so on. I have always had it in the back of my mind that I would love to have a brand new brand to the scene because we don't really understand fully what it takes for this this whole inception of a brand, this whole getting started. Where the hell do you start? So... Do you want to give us a quick rundown of your brand and then maybe give us a little bit of a story behind how it came about, the the, the, the kind of inception days? First thing to say is it's, it, it's not my idea. Um, it was never my intention to get involved setting up a, uh, a car detailing products brand. Um, the, idea, the, mm-hmm. the original idea for what was to become Gloss Fuel um, was all down to my business partner and co-founder of Glossfield, Bert, um, who at the start of 2020, um, following a chance meeting with uh, a chemist who worked for an independent chemical company, um, they got chatting, both key amateur driveway detailers, and the chemist mentioned that he was somewhat underwhelmed with what he could buy in his local big-name automotive retailer in terms of car care products. So I thought he'd have a stab at yeah. creating some for himself in his own time. Um, and Bert got hold of some samples, tried them, thought they were absolutely fantastic. Um, then a couple of months, maybe six weeks later, the pandemic hit. And the whole world changed for everybody. And mm-hmm. about a million new detailing brands popped up overnight, all selling the same stuff made by the same six or seven white label companies. Um, but Bert was determined to do something with these products. And he noticed that um, there was a trend in other sectors that um, where particularly household cleaning products, cosmetics, um, they were all reducing the plastic waste. And he looked at the car care sector and thought, well, that's not being done for the automotive enthusiast. 
Um, and so he made it his mission to um, try to minimize single-use plastics, uh, look for alternatives. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how Glossville was born. So can you give us a, a kind of idea for people who are maybe interested? They're listening to this and they think, okay, what's the brand? What is Every brand has to try and have something to draw your attention. Something has to, to be there to make you think, okay, this could be a brand that's worth it for me. It might be your clever marketing, for example, or it could be your fantastic design, or it could be a certain uh, ethos behind the brand. So what is it about Gloss Fuel that you think is the thing that's going to grab people's attention and might be worth them looking at your products? I think there's two sort of obvious things, really. Um, firstly, we've introduced a range of products uh, in your kind of typical 500ml plastic bottles. Um, the bottles that we're using are currently 30% recycled plastic. Um, we hope to transition to fully recycled plastic in the near future. Um, but alongside your standard fair bottles, um, we've also introduced what we're calling refuel packs, uh, which are one litre um, refill packs, uh, which use 75% less plastic than traditional plastic bottles um, yeah. and are still fully recyclable. So we're minimising plastic, um, plastic use, basically. Um, alongside that, where our products are made by those six or seven companies who make everybody else's or most of See, everybody that's else's. That's going to be a key thing right there. I know some people are going to be listening right now and they're going to be saying, come on, guys, it's going to be white labeled again. Yep. You you made, you made stressed that quite strongly to me. This is not something that's just a quick white label thing. This is you've got your chemist on your side making your stuff for you. Yeah. Um, he had the genesis of a range of products, premium of premium products. And um, we've spent the last two and a half years working with them. A couple of the products have barely been changed because they were brilliant. Um, some have been completely scrapped and completely taken back to, um, back to, you know, started from scratch and, and developed, um, new products that fit with the current market better. Um, but, the whole ethos really is that they are premium. They're not made to a penny pinching price point to maximize profits. They're made the way that the, that we all want them. Um, yeah. Using the, the best ingredients, uh, the best chemistry um, to get the best result for our, for our pride and joys. So, okay. Uh, good evening, uh, Quinton. Uh, finally, with my terrible internet connection, apologies to anybody that's had interference and being blasted into their ears. Um, so looking at your Instagram page, and one of your products is the snow foam, and it's 75% less um, use of single plastic with the refill pack. I mean, I don't know anyone else that's doing this at the moment, to be honest with you. We believe we're the first to market. Um, to be honest, we probably could have done with a couple more weeks to get everything tidied up and sorted ready for a big kind of announcement. Um, but we figured this has been in development for such a long time. Someone's going to beat us to it if we don't launch as fast as we possibly can. 
So we opted to do what we thought was going to be a soft launch, but the response from the detailing community, the Facebook groups, um, the YouTube reviewers, customers, and you guys has been absolutely overwhelming. And no way did we think in week three that we'd be talking to you guys. Well, I, th- I think you know I can probably speak for Specky as well. I mean, we've been around around for a quite some time, and we have seen brands come and go. And you know, and first of all, congratulations for for launching the brand. And it isn't lovely for people to to listen to this, but there is going to be some skeptics out there and say, you know, oh no, it's another brand, you know, because as we know, we've been through COVID, you know, I know it's a few years ago. Yep. And I think at the time, I think it was the January, there was something like 45 new brands coming to market and Specky had a lot of stuff sent his way, a lot of stuff sent our way and some of those brands aren't with us anymore. We obviously... We hope you're going to. I would say a- most of those brands are not with us anymore. Absolutely, you know, hundred percent. And but this is completely different because detailers and valeters and hobbyists and enthusiasts, the amount of plastic we get. I mean, I have probably put out two big bin liners full of just empty bottles and caps and trigger sprays that have failed. You know, and it's all got to go somewhere. So it's yep. it, it's it's pretty refreshing. I have to admit and. Most hairy-ass guys like myself would, you know, oh, what are you worried about it for? Well, I am worried about it because my kids are going to have kids and this is what we're going to leave behind. The yeah. culture of just ch- chucking stuff away. Well, it might shock you, Paul, but the latest statistics that we could find um, from a reputable source estimate that every single day in the United Kingdom we use... 40, 40, 40 million plastic bottles every single day. But only only around about half of them get recycled. Yeah. Well, 10 million are mostly off of Specky or the Iron Brew he keeps drinking. <laughs> That's completely untrue. It's Orange Tango, and you know this. I stopped drinking it. I, I do apologize. See you in the court. Uh, Iron Brew, I only drink it in the glass bottles, which is far more recyclable, but I think. Than, in all uh, seriousness, that is a staggering statistic, isn't it? it, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a scary number, is actually it's what worrying. that is. It is. And I, I, it surprises me, like I said, this was one of the things that I said to you when we spoke uh, last week, that you are the only company to do this. We have seen so many other brands. Now, I, I've seen, uh, certainly in other sectors, I've seen the idea of a refill top-up sort of thing. I think um, when I think into home car, uh, home cleaning, things yeah. like that, um, I think Domestos may have been one of the early ones to come out with a, a small, co- highly concentrated bottle that you would tip into your existing empty bottle to give you uh, a... a dilutable version of that um we don't really see that anywhere else i think when it comes well, to mm. car detailing situations i may have only ever seen one and that's product which kitchen. actually comes hyper concentrated no actually no it wasn't well what about the kitchen uh well i know detail kitchen have the re isn't it something to do with one of their sh- i think it was their shampoo i think their plastic goes towards Oh, that's something slightly different. I think oh, that's, that, that, that's yeah, the that ocean. to do with the, the ocean cleanup. The ocean uh, cleanup. Charity so it's kind of along those lines. Shampoo, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, gloss, gloss fuel with this idea. No, I don't think anybody's done it. Uh, no. It, it surprises me, considering that we, we spoke about this. I was at Waxdoc 2019, and I asked up on stage when there was a bunch of industry uh, professionals up there, and I asked, 
what are we doing when we've got such a plastic pandemic? Um, what are we doing to defeat this? And the only answer we came up with that they could come up with was we're trying to find, you know, better plastics, more reusable plastic, more re recyclable plastic, um, you know, but that's as much as it is. In detailing, there is no other way really to get those products out there. And I joked with someone and said, well, we could use glass bottles for all your detailing products, but that's not particularly suitable either. And that's going to increase weight and that's going to increase shipping costs and all these things. So what you guys do, it just surprises me that it takes someone with a fresh approach to the industry to come out with this and, and just show everyone else that this can be done. And why are you not doing it? Can um, I just ask a question, Quentin? Sorry sure. to interrupt. Can I just ask a question? How much of this is passed on to the customer, the expense of it? At the minute, we're not passing that expense on. Um, okay. At the scale we operate currently, yeah, it is slightly more expensive for us to use the refill packs compared to a normal bottle. Right. Um, however, based on the figures that we we estimate that if you were to scale this and if our business becomes viable, sustainable and can grow, the cost difference between, between a refuel pack and a normal one-litre plastic bottle with a lid will be ne next to nothing. Yeah, okay. It and that's the thing. If it becomes a, a thing that you can show that it's definitely doable and it, and it becomes cost-effective, that you would hope that other brands would follow suit and, and use you as, a, as an example and say, sure, we, we can do that. If, it's just that no one's done it before. Yeah, if, if every other brand in the UK copied us next week, we'd both be delighted in a, in one sense because it would bring about a change in this industry. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, again, the latest statistics we could find um, are that the combined car care, car detailing, car washing, car valeting kind of market in the UK is valued anywhere between 1.2 to 1.7 billion pounds annually. And... Mm -hmm nobody's doing anything to address the plastic um, epidemic. And it and it goes further than just plastic bottles. It's the single-use plastic in the tape to seal the boxes and how many brands and suppliers send bottles in vacuum-packed plastic bags that have to be thrown away, how many people use single-use plastic void fill in their packaging and include air fresheners and sweets in single-use plastic bags. Um, That's a fair point. It, so it goes beyond um, just the actual product packaging itself. It's the whole, it's the whole, um, it's the whole package, the whole part. It's, yeah. it's everything. There is, a, there is a solution to filling the void where the plastic is. Just put a pressure washer in there for me and Specky. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just, just swallow the void, and then you go. I'm amazed I'm being included with this one. I thought you were just going to say put two washers either side for you. 
No, in, in, I mean, in all seriousness, we, we mentioned this um, in a, um, another podcast about packaging with, with things like Amazon. You know, when you yes. order a memory card, I you get remember, it in a six-foot yeah. box, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and yet you'll order a, a, some batteries. I mean, I've got some batteries that were delivered today, and I thought well, they'd be in a box with it all, like, you know, filled with polystyrene, I mean, like, like an envelope. You know, they're quite fragile batteries, and yet they don't worry about things like that. Oh, don't yeah. worry, they can only explode. Um, and yet when you get a, a bottle of snow foam or, you know, anything like a wax, it's in like a six foot box. Yeah. yeah. And it is literally void fill is, is, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's all this, it could be bubble wrap, depends where you buy it from, or it could be those air pocket things. But that is, it very much is a single use plastic situation. You're going to pop that and then you're going to chuck it in your bin. Um, <laughs> And that's a that's a fair point, and I would like to see a change. I've I've been asking for this for a long time. Yes, I did come up with my own idea for something that could be sustainable. That I've put it forward to a brand to see if they could come up with something and, and try and create it. And I, I don't think they could go anywhere with it unless they've been developing it behind my back. In which case, I'm going to be having words. What <laughs> um, one thing that you mentioned when we spoke last week was that. It's not just about the the fact that the, the packaging is all well and good. You're saving 75% plastic on the, the pouch compared to a, a bottle and so on. But it's also to do with the the actual concentration of the chemicals. I think you, you quoted your chemist as stating that the stuff you can buy in shops at the minute is what he described as watered-down piss. And <laughs> His words, not mine, yeah. Yeah, his words, yes, that's fine. That's his words. But, he's been, watch, he's been watching know, me. Yeah, probably. Um, poor guy. And the the whole idea was that you were saying that he's making products which are, you know, the, they are the full shilling. You're getting, you're not getting this watered down, heavily diluted nonsense. You're getting the real deal kind of full concentrate. Yes, he he his philosophy and ours was that you know we've we've all tried lots of different shampoos, lots of different snow foams, lots of different pre washes, and so have you guys, and so have all your listeners. And we just knew which ones we liked and what we liked about them um, from a kind of a, not only the result that you can achieve, but the actual user experience of, of the product. So working with him for, like I say, two and a half years, collaborating, um, benchmarking against rival products at all ends of the, all kind of ends of the market, um, we came up with a range of products that are full strength, not diluted. Um, we, some of the products um, initial in the initial sort of development phases were too concentrated, and we felt they w w could present a problem for more experienced users. So, and we wanted mm -hmm. our products to be approachable to anyone, anyone, um, be it just the guy down the street who wants to wash his car once every four years or you me and all your listeners who are more enthusiast minded and uh, clean our cars on a regular basis so they're mm -hmm. they're not overly concentrated but they're not watered down they're uh, you know um fa fairly priced and they do the job they really do so on the on the subject of chemicals, Quentin. Now you mentioned about obviously the, the packaging being um, recyclable, good for the environment. You know, it's better. It's going to be better in the long term. What about the chemicals? Because I've been asked a question many moons ago about the amount of videos I shoot and everything else, and I'm washing stuff into the water course. It's going into the drains. What about the chemicals? I mean, are they are they user friendly? I mean, 
we know chemicals aren't good for the environment. So what about the chemicals themselves? It's a good point. Um, some of the chemicals that we are using are um, biodegradable. Uh, the snow, snow foam in particular is, is, is completely biodegradable. Um, some of the uh, products by their nature and what they're intended to do uh, do have warnings. Um, we've tried to make them as user-friendly as possible. There, there are no caustic products in our range. Um, there are no strong acidic products in our range. Um, but there are chemicals in there, and not all of those are good for the environment. So that is something that we have already started looking at, kind of sugar-based uh, solutions for certain yep. products. Yep, um, mm -hmm. fair enough. But as a the micro list of micro brands, um, we had to be we have to pick our battles basically. It's yeah. it's funny because we hear the, some big brands mentioned a lot. I mean, Built Hamber gets mentioned probably to, to Specky and me virtually every single bit of content we produce. And yet, I don't think the questions are going to be asked to the guys like that or you know other brands. And yet, you're going to come on the scene and you're probably because this is your your sort of your launch, people are going to ask you all these questions, and yet they yep. probably wouldn't ask another brand. No. It's very strange, isn't it? And That's yet a you're, good point. And yet, and yet you're going to be targeted at, because almost criticised, because anything new, we're not yeah. details alike. We, we, anything new in the detailing world, it's the very, very stuffy golf buggy mentality, and we've been going through this for years, and they're all the same when it comes to certain brands. I have the favourites and everything else, but if you went to ask a very big brand and said, well, how about this? What do you do with your plastics? What do you, you know, what about your chemicals? Are they bio biodegradable? Are they plant-based, et cetera, et cetera. I can probably tell you the answer. And yet you're here with a new idea. So we, we've got to be a bit more open about this, haven't we? We've got to be a bit more yeah. open, open-minded. Uh, that, that's a fair point because, you know, as you say, we, we maybe those other brands, the established brands, they don't get asked these what could be considered uncomfortable questions. Yeah. When you say, oh, are your products all biodegradable? And someone says, no. Then someone who is very critical of you, and people are going to be critical when you enter a space which is already dominated by so many other brands yeah. and so many fanboys that those brands have, they're going to be holding you and saying, all right, okay, is it biodegradable? No. <gasps> oh, he said it's not biodegradable. You shouldn't buy it. Oh, did you hear that? But they'll never go to their favorite brand and say, is any of your stuff biodegradable? It's a fair, fair point, and I, and I, I really, I'm glad I can, you asked that. I can point. probably answer the question, and it, it's to do with money, because I guarantee you, someone else will say, "Yeah, but let's just say, for example, you you were stocking a five liter product of citrus, and it was, you know, twenty pound, and somebody else is just going to go, yeah, but I can get whatever uh, fifteen pound for ten liters.' You've got to convince people that. Hang on a minute. You know, the reason it's this much is because it's biodegradable. It's not going to do your car so much harm. It's, it's better for the water course. It depends on your, your perspective, doesn't it? It depends where, you're, where you come from. I mean, if somebody's raw by their wallet, I think they're going to be quite a tough crowd. And yeah. detailers and hobbyists and enthusiasts are really raw by their wallets. Um, yeah. Because uh, we've, we've tested so many brands over the years. We know who our favorites are. We know, you know, you don't mind paying a little bit extra because you're not going to get a good product. You can get a good product and look to the future and think, hang on a minute, you know, I've got to think about my kids, I've got to think about the environment because if we carry on the way we are, we won't 
we won't be doing any more detailing because they'll just put a stop to it because we'll just be polluting every water course in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an issue, and I know I know in some European countries there are pretty strict rules about when and where you can uh, wash your car um, because of that issue. Um, and you're right about big brands, um, and I guess with the big brands, it's the, the top guys are all owned by multinational corporations, and they're beholden to hedge fund managers and private equity firms who are all interested in profits. We're trying to be open and honest about what we're doing, what we're trying to kickstart within the industry, yeah. um, and how we're going about it. Um, at, and it, it's probably worth it pointing out that we did, we have or Bert figured out how to eliminate 95% of plastic from a detailing brand. That's a lot. The only piece of plastic you couldn't find an alternative to was part of the t- trigger spray mechanism, which has to be plastic. Really? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the problem with, with eliminating 95% of plastic is kind of threefold. Firstly, it's cost prohibitive for startup light course. Um, mm-hmm. So we'd have to pass the cost on to the consumer and they probably wouldn't wear it. The second problem is that it's a huge step change for the consumer and they just probably wouldn't go with it. Um, so we felt that the sort of slowly, slowly catchy monkey approach was possibly better and asked people to make a small change to their buying habits to then make a small step change. And the- that's a good, that's a good way of doing it because yes, if you, if you go too, too fast, yeah. too soon, too hard. Yeah. yeah you, you could turn Easy. people away completely <laughs> steady. Yeah. Yes. Not but like the- that. Um, although I, I do really love the idea in my head of a fully metal trigger sprayer. Like every part of it is metal. It just, it appeals to me. I don't know why. Com- probably completely useless and ineffective, but I still like the it, idea. It's, it. That was the way we that Bert figured out how to do it. Although not every product can go in a metal trigger bottle. Um, and mm. and, and, and I'm the, visualizing the, these already in my Pratt Cove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Fully stainless heads gleaming in the sunlight. How cool would it be? It would be mega cool, yeah. In like Jack Daniels bottles. In your, in your garage with metal <laughs> polish, just bringing them up to a high luster. Um, going back to the, the inception of the brand to a certain point yep. here, I'm, I'm interested. Um, so you already kind of approached this with essentially, as you said, the, the basic genesis of the, the products already there. Yep. Um, so th- that was not the hard part for you. So then what was the hardest part after knowing that you've got products and you've decided you've sat down with your, your chemist and your business partner and you've said, right, okay, we should actually launch this brand. What's, what kind of step process do you need to go through? Because I I'm picturing it all in my head. You've got, apart from packaging is one thing you've got packaging, you've got branding, you've got distribution of the products yep. is there anything else that, that we don't consider us us stupid idiots out there that just go out and buy the products what what are some of the kind of big i don't know i don't want to say quite um obstacles but that some of the challenges that you face when you start a, a brand or you start a company like this um well the the, the way the way we approached it was research 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 we literally somewhere 
on a Google Drive or a Dropbox somewhere, there is a spreadsheet which we created, which sadly needs updating, but it basically lists every single brand we could find on sale in the UK. It lists their website, you know, where we see them slotting into the market. Um, we critiqued their brand, their website, um, their, their product philosophy, and any of their products which we tested. Um, so we just trying to get a sense of, of the market and the competition, I suppose. The branding wasn't an issue for us other than the naming because in my day job, I'm a freelance graphic designer, so that wasn't an issue for us. It probably would be for some other people. Um, the naming took a long time to figure that out. Yeah, coming up with a name must be... Must be pretty difficult. It, it was hard enough for me to, to come up with Specky McSporran, let's be <laughs> honest. And Paul Dolden, he must have been there forever trying to come up with his, his channel name. I mean, uh, that, that's going to be on, a hard hang one. On. <laughs> hang on a minute. Hang on. McSporran and Scottish, I wonder how you got that idea. Paul Dolden? Oh, how inventive. Yes. I put details uh, on the end. What more do you want? <laughs> oh, I, I, that, I, that's that's the point is you know you, you've got to come up with something that sounds like it would relate to detailing don't you yeah and i, I fell into the same sort of trap first that that, uh, that paul did um was when I, I started my design business 25 years ago it was just quentin james design and then yeah. about a year later i, I regretted that um because it's an incredibly long name for people to type into to a search engine or a browser. So we wanted something that was short to the point that you know, that kind of hinted at what we did without actually saying it. Uh, we think we've got that right. And through that development process, which ran alongside the product development and the packaging development, the kind of the brand motif, which kind of resembles a fuel can and a refill pack, and there's a G and an F in there, all sort of came together with a bit of luck and a bit of skill, I suppose. Um, but I think it's finding your your little niche in the market is the hardest the hardest thing. And yeah. we've picked something that nobody else has tried to do. I, th I think the name, it's quite a good name, actually, because I've been thinking about this while I've been sitting here listening to you guys. And um, I think the, the fuel bit is quite good because you're in your head, you're subconsciously thinking, I'm, I'm getting low on that. I need a refill. Yeah. I need a re need fuel. Ooh, so it, it's like it's that. it's kind of like I, I understand the, the play on words. It's, it's very clever. And we've we've seen a lot of things. We've seen gimmicks and we've seen you know catchy catchy labels and colourful graphics and everything else. I think that's quite a good idea. I think the hardest the hardest part, to be honest with you, Quentin, you're going to have, and I wish you every success. I really do. Um, is is battling the people that are just stuck in their ways that literally mm -hmm. will live by. The fact that that shampoo is 5p dearer. You know, they're yes. sat there on a Friday night. They've had 24 cans of Stellar Arturist. They're doing the <laughs> shopping and, you know, refilling stuff they don't really need, a bit like me and Specky do. And um, it, it's just going to be making that change. Um, but it is very refreshing, you know, and it's a, it's a pleasure having you on, to be honest with you, because it's, it's something we haven't really talked about. And I think it's quite a taboo subject when it comes to brands because. Specky said he only spoke to you in the week and we were going to ask you some fairly awkward questions. And uh, lots of people are going to be asking the, the same things, you know, about the, the consumer, the money and everything else, yep. where it's going to be passed on to. So um, 
Yeah, so it's interesting, very interesting. With with regards to other brands, and this is something I, I was actually quite interested in. It came to me the other day when when you talked earlier about the fact that you were analyzing what other brands are yeah. doing. What what is their thing? What what is their their ethos? All that kind of stuff. Who do you see? And I know this might be an uncomfortable question, but who do you see as your sort of main competition? in this space if you ignore size because we know you're brand new yeah but if, if you ignore that you ignore the existing user base and you base it on the quality of your products and and things like that from from purely a product position here who do you think would be your your main competition that you might suggest to somebody if you have used x brand you'll get on great with ours and we might actually beat them in some respects or we'll be at least as good as them. But we also have the fact that we ship it in less plastic and things like that. Who, who's your your main, you think, kind of brand that you would be targeting their buyers? Um, I wouldn't want to single out anyone. Um, okay. But I will tell... You can say a few. Yeah, yeah. You can say multiples. You can, say, you can say all of them if you like. It's okay. We've, <laughs> we've benchmarked our products against a, a number of rival brands. And at the minute, we're not going to be competing with them because we're tiny. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, how we position our products um, based on their sort of premium ingredients the pre the quality of the of the products how they perform uh when when put up against um other brands we looked at a range of product a range of brands and those included cracky carsco mild d squidding stiana gloves oh, write these down specky <laughs> um we, we we've got a recording of all this we um <laughs> we looked at the market and obviously there's that top 10 to 15 giant multinational type brands, the Maguires yeah. and the Turtle Waxes and the Geons and all those guys. We can't compete with their, with them in terms of the technology and the investment because they're multi-million pound companies and we're two guys working out of our garages. You've got that bottom probably 100 where it's just white label stuff that details and relatives slap their own label on and are selling those. And we're, yeah. we're definitely aiming to beat those in terms of performance and probably branding as well. Um, so it's that middle kind of sweet spot, that kind of below the, below the top 15, above the bottom 100, that kind of middle section where we're hoping that we can grow and carve a niche out of that, that sector. I think that's quite refreshing because we, we do get, you know, brands on and and some are, you know, very established. We've had Auto Glim on, you know, an incredible backstory and everything else. And But a lot of people we see on Instagram and we get direct messages will literally just go on there and be a trumpet blowing exercise, you know, and I think you'll be really impressed by this. But if, if somebody just says, you know, this does this, this does that, see what you think, you know, and sort of underplays yeah. it because you're not, you're not sort of coming on here to – to advertise, I mean, we got you on, and, and Specky got you on because it's an interesting ethos, and it's a very interesting backstory that you know this this completely different angle, which people may be shocked about. You know, the fact that this direction is could be going like this, and everyone else could be jumping on this. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the the product, those brands that I just mentioned, make some great products. 
I'm not knocking what they're yeah. doing at all. No. Um, but they were like our benchmark. That we'd looked at those and thought, well, if we can, if our products are as good as, uh, uh, or if not better in some uh, respects than those. If we if we can play in that same space, if we can if we can compete with them on the product level, then and perhaps some of the customers in general and in that sec in that part of the market will perhaps be persuaded to make a tiny change in their buying habits that will result in less single use plastic. And that's why we have yeah. this mantra of refill, reuse, and then ultimately recycle. Um it's worth pointing out as well well just to say, we don't think plastic's evil and, and we don't want to preach that plastic's evil or even to think that that's what we think. It's just we don't want to become over-reliant on plastic. And I think if we can give the plastic be used a long life and maybe even a second life, that's fine. I think that's a great starting point. Yeah. I think it was interesting when, when we spoke before, you told me, I won't, I won't um, you know, put all your cards out on show there, but you did tell me that there was something that you, you had figured out was perhaps in the works regarding other products, not just chemicals, but other products which could be uh, in that sort of again detailing related but um, other things which could perhaps be um, disposed of in a very ecological manner um, which I was really keen to find and I, I know this is like a massive tease for people who are <laughs> going to be listening and say, what is it though I can't say because it's not my place to say um, but I like the fact that you're not just saying right we've got these and we're doing it with less plastics that's it Right, done. Job done. Go home. You're you're continually yeah. looking to expand on that and to improve on what you've already found out, which is fantastic. And and also when you you were talking and you said that um, every time you speak to your chemist, he gives you uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of other pre-released you know kind of test products to go away with because he's constantly on it as well, which is is what we want to hear as as fans of detailing and so on. We don't... It's nice enough to get companies... I've said this, I'm not sure if I've said it publicly, but I've certainly said it privately, that there are many brands out there with products right now and they're good products. There's nothing wrong with them. They're fine. But we don't see much innovation from these brands. It seems to be that they kind of rest on their laurels. Yeah. They say, there you go, we've done it. We've been doing it for years like this. We don't need to really change. Yeah. And it takes new brands to come in and upset the market a little bit. And I like I like a brand who is continually striving to improve, to come out with new versions of products, new generations of things that can change. And the fact that your chemist really sounds like he's on that always kind of continual development cycle, which I, I love the idea of that. It's, um, bless him, he's brilliant. Um, but about six months ago we had to stop going to see him because every time we go he gives us another crate of prototype products to sample and <laughs> to, to play with and we did not have the time to do anything with them and we've been blessed with incredible support and suppliers uh quick quick get a pen and paper and jot my address down <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> i was gonna say i know who would love that right now is is our good friend steve McMahon, geeky detail reviews. He's like Mr. Prototype. He's he's testing prototypes for so many <laughs> other companies in the background. Bless him. He'd be so all over that. He'd be like a kid in a sweet shop. Yeah. That's the thing though. Like I say, it's it's 
if you if he's like that, then and and he's going to continue to make your products. I can only see good things for a company that you you guys are also willing to give Sounds that a try and yeah it, it, it does yes and that's what we're looking for at the end of the day it is and yeah. and it's not just him it's like the, the, the our bottle supplier and trigger supplier a month ago called up and said we're introducing fully recycled um, plastic bottles soon would you like some to try and we've also got um, some trigger sprays that are forty percent recycled and these are the first in the UK. And other people are buying into this and are completely outside of the detailing in- industry and are trying to help us to achieve our goals. So we're, we're already looking at kind of next generation of packaging and we've only been going three weeks, not even three weeks. Um, <laughs> and we've got a list of products that are we have prototypes for and things that we want to do and we kind of know how we want to do them, but we just need to... Um, get a solid foundation underneath us first um and hopefully hopefully the detailing community will buy into what we're trying to achieve um hopefully well i know paul's going to be short on time soon so we're going to have to wrap this up a little bit i want to ask you one more question if i can um if people want to try your brand and you have to recommend let's just say one product uh to to get their their to whet their appetite yep. to to show them that your products mean business for example which of all the products you have would you suggest that they go and pick up oh cracky um <laughs> no pressure ooh. but lots of pressure well current, <laughs> i'd have to give you two answers to this because currently we, we are we've launched with two products in the refuel packs uh, both of them are great i love the shampoo um it's super sudsy it's got a sweet sort of marzipan scent and it, the, the foam is super stable. Uh, it's really slick. It, it does a great job. It's gloss enhancing and it's fantastic. Um, my sort of second favorite product with winter, not not too far off. Um, I think I, our... <laughs> Don't I know, say that. Um, I think our citrus pre... You know where I live, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> You speak for yourself. I've got the aircon on full, sat in here. I'm sat in here with me He-Man underpants. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I think our citrus pre-wash is fantastic. It's non-caustic. It has premium ingredients in it. Um, 50 ml of that in your one litre uh, pump sprayer, and it'll just blast away the dirt. We did a little short video uh, on, on my little rally car after a rally a couple of weeks ago, and you could clearly see how effective it was so yeah i think those are those two cracking product products all right well then we'll we'll wrap it up here just uh, to remind people uh gloss fuel how do we find you is it a website we are we are on the our website is uh glossfuel.com and we're on the socials at gloss fuel everywhere so um you should be able, should be able to find us fairly easily all right wicked if anyone wants to go and check out their product this is not um a sponsored placement or anything like that there's there's no real endorsements here we were just really keen to talk to a brand new brand on the market that we've never had this opportunity before so uh, i know someone's going to be thinking oh they just want to help someone else out get a leg up we're not doing that at all we we're genuinely interested in this whole thing um and we hope you guys will at least give them a bit of time a day and go and have a look. We're not forcing you to buy anything, asking you to buy anything. We're not giving you any discount codes or anything like that. We just want to make that clear that we're independent on this, but we're really 
keen to see new brands which are actually doing different things, uh, interesting things, helpful things to not just uh, the detailing scene as it is, but also society in a way as well. Um, so, Quentin, thank you very much um, for your time tonight. It's been fantastic to talk oh, to you. Thank you for having us on. Um, yeah, I know, you, I know that you were yeah. um, nervous about uh, coming on with this when I spoke to you before. Just a but, little bit. Um, we really do appreciate <laughs> it. No, you did great, thank mate. You. It's all good. It's all fine. Would, um, thank you I, so much. I would like to say I am... I was very nervous in the pants, literally, because I got out of the shower and that's as far as I got oh, was putting my pants and my T-shirt on. Apologies if you had some interference during that. Um, it's my phone going off. I do apologise. And if there's been any latencies down to the NAF Wi-Fi in this rather splendid hotel I'm staying in. Oh, the, oh, the hardship. God. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm going to go down for dinner in a minute and go and sit with I'm my old... I'm going to boss and make sure you have to take a train home. Yeah, but fair. It. Thank you very much, uh, Quinton, and it's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Oh, and I wish you, you every, su every success uh, in the future. And uh, let's hope it's the start of an, a new chapter in the detailing. Yes, let's hope so. Absolutely. Detailing saga. Uh, folks, uh, at home, if you have enjoyed this episode, please do get in touch with us. Any questions, suggestions, comments, or anything at all about this episode or future episodes, please do get in touch with us on our social medias or you can email directly detailing at gmail.com. Also, don't forget that there's a Patreon available if you want to support the podcast. Uh, in the meantime, Paul, I think we're going to wrap this one up. You've got uh, some elderly people you want to chat up in the uh, bar downstairs. Yes, I'm going to do so. the national sport of cuddling old people people in a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> oh god don't post that on instagram whatever you do uh folks uh yeah hope you've enjoyed this one take care with yourselves uh i've been specky sorry i've been paul and i've been that guy from gosfield <laughs> hey well, I love it. He's, he's a listener i love it love it that's it all for now folks take care we'll catch you in the next episode love you last one room 51 <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it is actually, it's from 51. Oh, <laughs>